but I passed because they didn't want to keep me. They had enough for me. Amen. Probably when I leave here, amen, they won't even open the door for me to come in, much less pastor. Yeah, but this is what God has laid on a heart. we got a great big God. Paul said, Who art thou, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. We'll go back to the first verse of the ninth chapter of the book of Acts. And I read about old Saul, and he said plainly that he was the chiefest of sinners. I got some thoughts on my mind. And he said, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. He said, Oh, Saul was threatening his breathing out. Neighbor, I'm going to tell you, if we, uh, I've had people to threaten me about the church. I had one. I had one to tell me that he was uh, standing on the porch out there, and he said, we'll do you like we've done some more pastors. He said, we'll get rid of you. And I told him, I said, well, I ain't the other pastors. The attitude you got, you'll probably be gone before I am. And he's gone. Amen. Amen. So with an attitude like that, we don't hang around. Saul wasn't right with God, and he had an attitude. And that's what's wrong with the churches. Larry just brought it out. And Jude brought out a great message there in Sunday school. And I thought about, I've watched it over the years, and they start complaining about the painting of the wall or the carpet. They start complaining about the fellowship hall or the playground or the, uh, the changing of the bathrooms. The next thing you know, they're gone. They're kind of like Saul. They're just wanting to find fault with the church to justify self. And he said here that Saul, without any problem, was breathing out threatening. Amen. And Paul was in a position till he could cause the trouble in the church. And I'm going to tell you something. Most of the time, a visitor that comes in don't cause trouble. Amen. It's a member of the church that's got their feelings hurt and got things on their mind and some things they want to change. And they want to quit anyway. But they're looking for somebody to blame. You know, this is a fact, and I will raise my hand to the Lord. But I've been told lately, spoke out right to my face, that I'm probably Scottish problems. Hey, I know better than that. And if you think I'm a problem to you, I know better than that. Because I've stood here 31, two years trying to bring you the word. Matter of fact, Mount Vernon, I've tried to bring the word for 49 years, the best of my ability. Amen. I've had souls to come through, try to tear us down, try to break us down, but he had to go. And he said in the second verse, and he desiring of him letters to Damascus of the synagogue, and if he found any in this way where they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And I thought about Paul there. He went he went to the high priest and he got letters that if he found anybody worshiping God, that he could cut them off. He could put them in prison. And the Bible teaches us that Paul even had them killed. So if you're here today and you think you're worse than Paul or you're so bad that you can't get saved, you need to read the Word of God. Amen. God will take care of you because Paul killed the church. Paul's whole commission was to turn down the church, break down the church. And can I tell you, there's people 
a sense straight out of hell. Amen. To do nothing but tear down the church. Corona was sent straight out of hell to tear down the churches, to break down the strongholds, to tear down, amen, America, to weaken the people of God. And I know for a fact, I know them, that I could call personal by name, that I know that Corona took their life and they was doing a great work in the church. And this I don't understand. But I'm going to tell you something. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth today. He's still working. And we need each other more today than we've ever needed each other. I know my voice is a hindrance to you, but God said, keep preaching, amen. And there's nothing I can do about it. And he said in the third verse, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined around, around about him a light from heaven. And I thought about how the sinners will go, and don't hold me exactly to this, but I want us to get it close. And he was in Jerusalem, and he went to the high priest, and he got authority from the high priest that he could go in to Damascus, and if he seen anybody in that way, I'm talking about the way of serving God and worshiping God and testifying of but he got authority that he could go in to Damascus. And I thought about they didn't have a Cadillac. They didn't have a transit bus. They didn't have any way uh, to get there but walk or a camel. And I thought about it's roughly 135 miles from Jerusalem to Damascus. And I thought, as I read that scripture, I thought how the devil's crap don't matter if it's hot. Amen. We've been inside of Damascus. We went up on the mountain in occupied Syria, but we couldn't go on down into Damascus. It was foreign souls as our journey. But as we crossed the Jordan River, and there's a lot of heat. As we went through around Jericho, there's a a lot of heat. Amen. But can I tell you something? The devil's crowd and Saul was the devil's crowd. Amen. Saul was determined to do the work to kill the Christian. If we today would be as determined to uplift the name of Jesus, make up our mind wherever we go. I don't know what about you all. My wife knows it, and she just draws up sometimes. But I'm looking for somebody, for God to open a door and give me a chance to testify. It don't matter what color they are. I'm looking for somebody that's broken. I'm looking for somebody that's in need that God can use me. Honey, very seldom can God use us to speak to the proud. They've got to be brought down. Amen. Glory to God. So Paul was proud, proud because he had authority and he could go to the to the prince. He could go to the kings. He could go to the authority in Jerusalem, the prince, the high, high priest. He could go to the authority and speak with them. Oh, Brother Bill probably could never get into the high priest, but Paul had authority, and he was proud, and Paul wasn't walking alone. He had a crowd fathering him, and we'll read it in the Word of God. There was a crowd there with him. I'd like to tell you something. I'd Day, there was a crowd at the at the bar last night. There was a crowd at the dance halls of the world last night. And I thought about uh, today we've got empty pews uh, because people's heart desire is not to keep the church door open. Amen. It's handy to come to church when it's convenient for us. 
I'm not here uh, because of authority of man. I'm here because of the authority God gave me when he saved my soul. To cry loud and despair not. When our eyes are open, I'm going to tell you something. We'll begin to follow Jesus. Amen. We'll begin to walk where Jesus wants us to walk. Whatever my desire is, my desire is lazy. My desire would have been to go to Weston today. My desire would be to be with my boy. There's a many things that my desire would be. But God's desire, he spoke yesterday, said, I've given you a message. Preach it, glory to God. We need preaching, church. And America is going away from the old time preached word of God. Amen. I can't follow what I want to follow. I've been in many campsites and I've been on several beaches, been to several mountains, amen, been to several countries, several mission trips, heard several different languages, preached under two different language interpreters. Amen. Can you imagine an hour's message, two interpreters? That's three hours at least, if everything goes good. So I'm going to be done in about 20 minutes here if you'll just stick with me. Glory to God, but the best place I've ever been, Kenneth, is in the house of God. You know, I love to see the trees and the birds and the sunshine and the moon and all the glory of God. But there's nothing like what I feel in the house of God. Is there any wonder why Saul wanted to tear down the house of God? Because this one was happy. This one was happy. This one got saved. This one was rejoicing. This had been healed of cancer. Of this and and that his prayers taken care of. Uh, this one had been comforted when he was in trouble. And Saul was in misery because he was under authority of the Roman He was under the authority of the devil. And there was no peace in his heart, no peace in his soul. Why those come against Mount Vernon Church? There's no peace in their soul. And they wish we would fall and shut down. Hey, I'm going to keep praising God. I don't care if the Baptists like it or the Methodists like it or the young people like it or the old people like it. I'm going to keep praising God. I've been healed by the hand of God. Being I've been touched by the hand of God. I believe from the depths of my heart, my cancer's gone. Amen. I believe, glory to God, God has touched my heart, my pacemaker. God has touched my hips. God's give me a shout. Ain't nobody else going to shout. For me, I'm going to shout. Amen. Saul ain't going to stop it. Paul ain't going to stop it. And Jeremiah ain't going to stop it. And I don't intend for my young ones to stop it. I've been set free by the blood of Well, glory to God. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. And this painful, this sorrow land that I'm living in, it's just temporary. I've got a house not built with hand, eternal in the heavens. Amen. Where the devil can't go and the souls of this world can't go. Only the children of Almighty God. Oh, praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Glory to God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. He mentioned, he mentioned Rusty. I talked to Rusty probably 30 minutes down at the funeral home Thursday. All I can do is plant love and then just take my fist and plant love a little deeper and then say, God, go home with them. Go home with them. Amen. Wake them up at night. Burden their heart. Let them know they've walked away. They've persecuted the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to Saul, Saul asked him, said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom thou persecuted. 
and I thought for 26 years, maybe I didn't when I was one or two years old, but after I become of age, I persecuted Jesus because he called me to be saved. He called me to be saved, and I persecuted him. I cussed him. I called his name in vain. I done all the things that he said don't do. I persecuted Jesus. I persecuted the church. And the blood was shed enough for me. I made fun of the church. I've even seen later where I shot as a boy. I rifled up on the hill towards the church. And I saw where our rifle shots had cracked and busted the church windows. Am I proud of that? No. I was a stupid little boy that was persecuting the church. I went when the old bell was outside at 1 o'clock in the morning and ring the church bell. Paul was chiefest of sinners, but y'all don't know how close I was running behind him. Sorry, low down, good for nothing. Jesus died for me. Amen, that I could praise him today, give him glory. I come out of, and they're down the hallway, and there's a black lady yesterday. I told in Sunday school, black lady, she was screaming, and she was dancing and talking on the phone. She said, they said, my mama quit breathing in the emergency room at the Baptist. Said, my mama quit breathing, and she was walking and moving, and she was so tore up. I walked by her. Me and Todd was together. I walked by her, and Todd went on, and I went to the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom, and she'd come down, was standing over her, and I'd heard most of what she had said, and I walked over her. Y'all know, I ain't got no voice. I said, this, this, I done this. I said, do you want to pray? And she put out her hand. Black lady. I took her by the hand. We prayed in the hallway. She calmed down. I never said a word. I walked off. I don't. I never heard her anymore. She may have. I never heard her. Never heard her. Don't know if mama died. Don't know what. But leave Jesus with them. How can you leave Jesus with them? I'm going to tell you how my first pastor left Jesus with me. I'd fall roosters all night long, but out all night stunk and slept. He'd come up and put his arm around me and said, I love you. We had a rooster pen right behind a brand-new church. Hey, the next thing I know, God got a hold of me. And the next thing I know, I was the first deacon in Fairview Baptist Church. Hallelujah. From a dunk to a deacon. Hallelujah. How did that happen? Almost overnight. By the grace of God. If you're a sinner today, you're dying and going to a devil's hell. I got to hurry. Only way you're going to miss hell is Jesus Christ. And as he journeyed, he came to Damascus, and suddenly there shined around about him a light from heaven. Everybody's heard this story. Every preacher has preached this book. And he said in the fourth verse, And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? He, he began to get his attention. He said, Who art thou, Lord? And Paul wasn't standing on his feet. He'd been knocked to the ground. I can read to you in the 26th chapter, and I may need to read that shortly. we got plenty of time. We don't have services tonight. But everybody around him, according to the 26th chapter, fail. You're talking about a light shining. I'd like to tell you, and this ain't nothing compared to Paul's, but in 1968, by myself, in a a weekend drunken stupor, fell around a commode in my home by myself. And Jesus passed by. 
I knew immediately that Jesus had passed by. I was so sick about midnight, about so sick on a Monday morning. Ooh, so sick. Broke, tore out of the frame. <laughs> Jesus passed by. He fisted in Lokeb. You say, oh, he fisted in Lokeb. Listen to me, church. They'll tell you Jesus don't speak. But he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Don't tell me Jesus didn't speak. Bill, why do you keep rebelling? Why do you keep persecuting me? Can't you see here you are crawling on your knees you can't even walk because I drank so much white liquor and hadn't eat. Couldn't walk, Bill. Ooh. Why do you keep persecuting me? Fifty-five years ago, Andy, the Lord set me up on my feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Put my family back together. I've been a walking ever since. I hop sometimes, but <laughs> I've been a walking ever since. Because Jesus picked me up. A bright light shined in my bathroom. Mm. Let me go on. Hallelujah. Let me jump over to Matthew. I'll just read this right quick. Bless you, brother. I appreciate you from the very bottom of my heart. Matthew 20. Ain't no use me looking over. There's, uh, there's two men on Matthew 20, and it's down the last last verses of, of Matthew 20. And there was two men sitting by the wayside, and Jesus was coming up from Jericho. Amen. And he come by, and these two blind men were just sitting there by the wayside, and they heard a racket. I'm going to tell you, if it had been a Baptist crowd, they wouldn't have been a sound. Hello? And the way the holiness has got anymore, they wouldn't have been a sound. And the rest of us had been out of town. Hello? When there was a crowd following Jesus, which they should be today, and we should be making a racket. And he said there was two blind men. I want us to get this. These blind men in the Bible don't say, but they were probably blind from their youth. They'd probably never seen anything, but they had good ears. They tell me a person that's never seen has a greater sense of touch and, and hearing than somebody that, that can see. So these, they heard a racket coming. And it's Jesus. He said, that Jesus, thou son of David, touch us. I'm paraphrasing it. Touch us. He said, Jesus stopped. The Bible said he stood still. He said, what? What can I do for you? They said that we might receive our, our sight. Read that last verse there. What does it say? The last verse. The last verse of the 20th chapter. Read it. I can't see it. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. And they followed him. Hello. Bless God, I'm going to tell you why some ain't following Jesus. They're blind to the reality of Christ. This is natural sight here. This is natural sight. But I'm preaching on Saul that had spiritual blindness. These people believe that, that Jesus was the son of David, and if he touched them, they'd receive their sight. And he touched them, and they received their sight. Amen. You know what they done? They got off of their butt, got up, and followed Jesus. And I told you, Jesus was heading to Jericho, and that's a wrong, rough, uphill climb. But they followed Jesus. They followed Jesus. Can I ask you, are your eyes spiritually open today? 
I thought I've prayed, and I thought I'm one of the most arrogant, hateful preachers I know of. Don't know why y'all don't throw me out. But neighbor, I'm telling you the truth. The church is blind today. The church has lost their vision. The Bible said without a vision, men perish. Men are dropping off into hell. My son, only by the grace of God, is this side of hell today. God spared him in the motorcycle wreck. He told me one day he's a Christian, and the next day he, he said, I ain't a Christian. You can't be both. You either are or you ain't. A-I-N-T, ain't. And if you die and you ain't a Christian, hell's your home. If it's my son, your daughter, it don't matter. God spared him. You all prayed. You all prayed. You all prayed and yours is still alive. Maybe yours is not where mine is, but yours is still alive. This is the quietest world we'll ever live in. There'll be hallelujahs, hallelujahs in heaven. There'll be weeping and wailing of teeth in hell. Only we need to cry loud and spare not. Let me hurry. And Jesus said in the sixth verse, and he said, Oh, Paul said, and and he said, Who art thou in the fifth verse, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I, I looked up the definition of that pricks. I, I know what to be pricked with a pin is or to stuck a little bit. I, I had one time, I forgot if it was a wedding or a funeral, but they messed up with that pin, trying to stick a flyer on me. Amen, and it stuck me. After that, I got a lot of, sometimes I'd holler out whether they stuck me or not. But he said, hard to get, kick against the pricks. Well, I find that people like David and the sheep herders and those, they had a long stick that was sharp on the end. And, and for their oxen, for their sheep, or for whatever, they would gouge them with that and get them back in place. And one place it even said it was an eight, eight foot. And the, and the Bible told them, said it's hard for you to kick against the bricks. And I thought about them, as Larry testified, and he said at least three different visitations at his house. And I thought each one that went by pricked him just a little bit. Stuck him just a little bit. He might, might have been about that middle and come by, Brendan, he bled a little bit. Amen. It's hard to kick against the pricks. Can I tell you something? We're not sharp enough today to walk up and make a difference in people's life. If we're sharp with the Holy Ghost of God, we'll carry a big stick. Amen. And we come by. Can I tell you something? I believe, I believe TJ just kept pricking. Oh, the old boy sitting up on the front row, Matthew by name. Amen. Just kept pricking, and he didn't let up. How about it, honey? Somebody just kept jabbing. Somebody just kept praying for me. It's hard, Todd, to kick against the pricks. When the church bows down and the church comes together and the church starts going in the same direction, I'm going to tell you, uh, somebody will move. The Spirit of God will move upon on somebody. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm glad for them old saints of God, most of them are dead, that prayed for this old boy. I'm glad for those that stood around and give me a testimony of things I need to stay out of and things that I need to do, how I need to walk close to God. And I remember every one of them and could call them a name that sat in church and offered me a drink of liquor. Hello? I remember every one of them. They gave me money and said, bring me some back from Sparta. That's the first liquor store open close to us. I remember that. Hello? Sit in church. And I thought, oh, I'm good as I am. Boy, I strut it. I'm a sinner. I don't have to hide behind the church. Hello? What kind of example are we today? 
preach, Bill. Just go ahead and preach. And he trembled. I'm going to tell you something. Saul trembled when he'd been done knocked down. And the Lord spoke right out of the cloud to him. He heard every word he said. And the Lord called his name. And the Bible said, and he trembled. And he was astonished. There's nothing astonishes people anymore. Honey, we need to see the moving of the Spirit of God. And it still astonishes people. It still shakes people up. Trembling and astonishing. He said, Lord, what will thou that me what we have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise. Don't just keep laying there, honey. He said, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. There's been thousands of messages preached after this writing of Saul. Amen. As as Luke copied it down. And he used people. He used people. The Lord could have saved him right there. The Lord could have took care of every need right there. But I thought about all of that multitude that was following Saul. And I thought they might need to learn something else. I've learned lately. Let me read on. I've learned lately to try to be content whatever state I'm found in. I looked around at uh, Miss Janet there. We spent over a year in the Baptist Hospital off and on. And I looked around at Janet and I said, boy, 18 years, I said, my patience is sure different than they used to be, didn't I? I said, I wasn't liking it, but my patience is a whole lot different than it used to be. I ain't quite as spunky and bouncy and raring to go needing to be somewhere else as I used to be. I can hardly imagine what 18 more years will be. Hello. I think I'll be in glory. I'm a new body. Amen. Amen. Church, by the grace of God, I'm going to have some fun. If I'm down here or if I'm in the hospital or if I'm passing on, I'm going to have some fun. And he said, Seventh verse, and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. I thought yesterday evening, as the thunder rolled and the storm storm came in, I went out there and sat down on the porch, and I thought, Lord, I know that you. <laughs> I can't understand exactly what you're saying, but I know it's you. But he called Saul's name. Do we understand in that thunder, it's given us warning of that bolt of lightning that's coming. And that bolt of lightning could be dangerous. It could strike you down. The thunder ain't going to hurt you, but the lightning. Your soul was all lit up and all the men around him. And the voice of God thundered out, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said in 8th verse, And Saul arose from the earth. When his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Saul had great eyesight but it wasn't spiritual. And when the light of God come around, he was blinded. The Bible said three days. He was blinded from the things of the world. Saul needed nobody before the light shined around him. But when he raised up off the ground, Saul needed somebody to lead him. Can I tell you, when you got saved, you first got saved, you needed somebody to lead you. I know you got saved, but we needed somebody. Why was the church established? So we could have somebody as an example. 
somebody to lead us, somebody to lean on when we got down, somebody to help us when we stumbled. And he said, when his eyes were open, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him unto Damascus. Can I tell you something? A man that had the pride of Saul and a man that could turn to his uh, followers and say, lock Andy up. He's one of them. He's one in the way, praising the Lord. Lock him up. If he don't do right, we'll kill him. And there's Kenneth. Don't come to the front row. Take him out. Saul had power to do that. Here he was. Had papers. Done had papers drawn out where he could tear down the church in Damascus. Had papers from the high priest that he could do what he wanted to do. Done had authority backing him. And on the road to Damascus, a man that was walking out front so proud. I'm going to tell you what Jesus does to you. When he leaves you pride in the junkyard. Pride cometh before a fall. Saul's a great example. He failed, and everybody around him failed. But he said, get up and let some man lead you. I thought about the leadership of the Word of God. The Word that we hid in our heart that we might not sin against God. I have hardly no remembering anymore. But the Word that I know I have seen. Think about it, church. Think about we were blind spiritually blind we needed Jesus we needed the church we needed leadership I needed preachers and I still do we needed deacons we still do we needed teachers, song leaders and we still do we need each other don't persecute the church and especially don't persecute Jesus don't persecute Jesus, the price may be more than we want to pay. But Saul rose from the earth, and he saw no man. His eyes were opened, and he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days without sight, and neither did eat nor drink. I'd say Saul wasn't much of a one to fast. I bet he had a great spread any time he wanted it. They took care of him. But there he was, and he didn't eat. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus. I bet he was going after old Ananias, don't you? A disciple of Christ. He said there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him... Said the Lord in a voice, Ananias, in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. Hey, how about if he called your name? He said, This come in a vision, so it wasn't uh, a loud voice. Come in a vision. But also, uh, Ananias answered the Lord and said, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise. There he told Saul to arise. Now he's told Ananias to arise. And he said, Go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For he, for behold, he prayeth. Can I tell you something? Prayer is almost out of style anymore. Amen. We need to start praying. Saul, after he saw the light, and after he was struck blind as far as this world's vision could be, and after he was led to Damascus, my friend, he fasted and he prayed. And he prayed. And the said, and he seen in a vision a man 
there Paul just saw in a saw just saw in a vision Ananias coming and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. I remember a deacon over in Wilkes County I used to work with and oh it kinda aggravated me. He said, man can't lay his hands on man. I'm going to tell you, there's a man down there in Damascus laid his hands on old Saul that later became Paul. Amen. And he received his sight. Can I tell you something? God has used man down through the ceaseless ages. Again, we have caused trouble in the church persecuting man, taking man down breaking man down in the church. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. I thought about how how does this fear travel. That was, I done told you, 135 miles. Ananias down in Damascus. And he said, I've heard of this man, how much evil he did in Jerusalem. I wonder how all that message got to Damascus. No telephone, no cars. Bad news travels fast and far. There was an old saint of God, and they were trying to scare him up. This man Saul's coming. You better not go out there and pray because he'll kill you. You better not shout in the synagogue because he'll take you out. You ever heard that? Don't preach hard at that church. They won't ask you back. Who cares? Give it while you're there. Give it while you're there. Maybe your last trip in here. This might be my last message, James. I ain't no use holding nothing back as it been. Just let it all out. Think about it, church. I wonder why we're unspiritual. Half of the preachers I hear and all of ours that comes here, it ain't like it used to be. I don't know nothing that is except the Word of God. It's the same. And we've let fear, we've let the news media. I thought, well, Corona come all the way from China. Ain't that where they said it originated? But a miracle, you better not go to church because Corona's going to kill you. We said, okay, we'll do it in the parking lot. Kill the preacher out there in the hot sun. We'll do it. We'll sit in our air-conditioned car and listen on the radio. Well, they ain't no use to go to church. We done found a better way. Butch life several years ago. He said he found a way we need. He come to a place in Florida. And they had a church where they had, like uh, Odell's does down here, speaker out on the post. You just pull up and get you a little bit of that message and leave when you want to. Thank God it ain't got, it almost did, but it ain't got to Mount Vernon yet. Think about it. Think about it, church. We're wanting enough to get by, but not enough to live right. Amen. Amen. That's why we don't shout no more. That's why we don't shout no more. I can sit and watch TV, get up and walk off, come back to another preacher's on. I don't even know why they closed out. Mm, hello. But old and I, he done, he done got a little bit of scared on him there. And he said, and here, and here he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on the name. All that call on the name of Jesus. How many of us would be here today? Larry done said he didn't want to come on Sunday night. And I'll be honest, I wore down till I can't preach on Sunday night and I had to try to find somebody to preach on Sunday night so we just let it go but how many of us would have come through that door if we thought about 
Saul was going to come in and his men and kill about half of us. Going to kill everyone that was shouting and the preacher if he's preaching that thing. Going to kill us, take us out. How many of us would have come to church this morning? That would have been a great excuse. I believe that Ananias was a devout Christian. But fear come on him for just a, a little bit. But, 15th verse, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. The Bible said, There's many called, but few are chosen. Few are chosen. Let me go for just a minute with those people that were following Saul. His first testimony was that somebody had to lead him. They had heard the voice. And then they were told Saul's going home to Damascus looking for a man named Ananias to lay his hands on him and receive his sight. So the testimony of Saul, as it's reached me, reached all of these followers of Saul. So I believe that conviction, the Bible don't give this, but I believe conviction fell on every one of them. I believe the word of God, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. It appeared to these fellows that were following Saul. They weren't good people because they were killing Christians. They were people that needed saving. So that's why all of this took place. God could have healed Saul right there. So what's happening in my life today is God's will, not mine. God's will that somebody else can be touched. Somebody else can be moved upon. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. He is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer before my names, for my name's sake. Look right there at that 16th verse. The last one in First Peter that Larry read this morning said suffering. And it turned me because I thought I just have read the suffering. And, he's, and the Lord said, I'm going to show Paul the suffering that he's going to do for my name's sake. The suffering for my name's sake. Religion denomination has got us messed up till we think we get saved and never suffer. Then a man make a profession, try to live right a few weeks, and he sees the suffering, the trouble, and he ain't got no ground to stand on. Honey, we are born to suffer for Christ's name's sake. I'm a bearer of the cross. There's never been a cross that was easy to carry. I'm a bearer of the cross. You are Christians, a bearer of the cross. Don't let your feelings get hurt. Don't let nothing keep you out of revival. Don't let nothing keep you out of church. Don't let nothing stop you from praising God. We are a bearer of the cross. Amen. And Ananias went his way, and he entered into the house and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul. <laughs> Hello? Saul's name hadn't been changed yet. But Ananias had done God a forewarning that he was a chosen vessel. So when he got to him, the fear had... Hello, church. The fear had left. And he got to a man that was a persecutor and a killer of the church. And he walked in, laid his hand on Brother Saul. Brother Saul. I'm glad Ananias' eyes was opened. And I thought the first thing that old Saul saw 
when he opened his eyes, it's bound to be an Adonis, a devout child of God. Can I tell you, when our eyes are open, the first thing we need to see is some devout people of God. I thought my boy laid from probably 1230 to roughly 630 on the round peak road in a motorcycle wreck and one vehicle passed by and just kept going with a motorcycle laying in the road. So the world may not pick you up. But a little boy that you and I prayed for, Justin Smith, that had a heart attack right after right before you were I forgot right after. Had a heart attack and we brought his name to church. Young boy. He sent us a card. I thank you for praying. And he come by roughly 6.30, time he may be off, and stopped and recognized God and got some help. The motorcycle done cold. And Jamie just happened, just happened to be coming out to work and saw, and I may not get this right, saw a fire truck or ambulance or something, went to check on it, his paramedic, a praying paramedic. A praying paramedic. One that lays out of church when he has to work. <laughs> but he comes on comes on pretty regular. But man, we love him. And his wife's having to work today. But <laughs> but think about it. There wasn't nothing pleased me no better. Then he said he come to the house right before seven said they've took him to Baptist he's responsive we prayed with him we prayed with him why are you here today somebody prayed for you you can fool around like Saul and be blind as a bat if you want to but no somebody had to lead you somebody had to lead you to Jesus I got saved at home not one soul there but I'd been preached to I'd sat under the anointing power of God. I'd seen them anoint. I'd seen those old ladies shout. I'd been in church. Glory to God. I had somebody to lead me. And I'd like to tell you where they found me. On Wednesday night, I got saved. On Monday night, Monday morning. They found me Wednesday in church. Amen. And these that don't want to go to church... They've never had it, or they've lost what they had won. Amen. They found too many faults, got themselves up on a pedestal. What it's going to take to bring them down, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, glory be unto God. Glory be unto God. I promised you I'd hurry, and I'm going to in a little bit. And he said, And Ananias went his way, and at 17 verse, and entered into the house, and putting his hand on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, and that came, that canest, has sent, that camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight, and he filled, be filled with the Holy Ghost. Neighbor, I'm going to say it one more time. So easily, Jesus, on the road to Damascus, could have healed him, took care of his sight, given him the Holy Ghost, everything he need. But God wanted to bless Ananias. And God wanted those people that was with Saul to see the work of God, the man of God. How is our nation going to see the work of God except it come through us? You, all of us, wherever, wherever we're at. I thought, I thought yesterday with that little black lady, she was totally upset. I thought she may run me off. I don't have enough force to even overcome the racket she was making. But if God says do it, try it. Try it. 
You don't have to make a long speech. I never prayed an hour and a half. I prayed what God gave me for some comfort and peace to come into that young's heart. Oh, glory to God. And immediately, 18th, and there fell from his eyes as it had been scales, and he received his sight. For with he arose and was baptized, and when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples, which was at Damascus in the last verse, in the 20th verse. And he said, and straightway he preached, golly, and straightway he preached Christ in the synagogue that he is the Son of God. I'm going to jump. I've lost it. Paul went through giving his testimony time and time again in the twenty in the twenty sixth chapter there, and he said to open their eyes. This is what Paul was sent to do. He said, "Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee." And he said, "The Lord said, I'm going to deliver you from the people that I've sent you to, so they're not going to do anything to you, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. And they that receive forgiveness of sin and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me, sanctified by faith, and that's how that we are sanctified by faith. I'm going to read one more verse in the 31st verse in the ninth chapter. And he said, Then said the churches, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee. And I'm going to read the rest of them right quick. Right there. Amen. But he said, The churches had rest. And I thought, when we get some souls, persecutors of the church, saved, not just church members, but when we get some saved, amen, there'll be some rest in the churches. And I thought, I told y'all, 55 years I've been saved. I saw our first church bust wide open, go down to seven, because there was persecutors of Jesus, tire-uppers of the pastors and their leadership in the church. I'm not bragging, I sure ain't complaining, but 55 years ago, God opened my eyes. He put me in as a deacon, and at 26 years old, he had me knocking on doors said, why have you quit church? Why don't you come back to church? Am I the reason you left? What's your problem? What's your problem? Why have we got empty pews this morning? Because other things look greater than the Lord. There's some pretty things out there in devil is a great artist. Neighbor, and it's awful easy to drag you away. It's awful easy to be led down a wrong path. I thought about it breaks my heart, and I'm I'm looking at four faces right now that I've not seen here in three weeks. It breaks my heart. Jesus said he left the 90 and 9 and went after the one that was lost. And we can preach that two different ways. But I'm going to preach it to you that they were sheep. And one of them fell off in the ditch. 
and the under-shepherd needed to go get that one out of the ditch because the 99 were doing good. Amen. In case two fall in a ditch, there's got to be somebody else to go to that other ditch. Think about it, church. Think about it. We need some people knocking on doors. We need some people finding. If they going to complain, tell them to do that to somebody else. Tell them you love them. Leave. But take it to them. Take it to them. Get a song, brother, if you will. Song. Amen. Stand to our feet.